Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your snackable afternoon podcast where we take celebrity news just seriously enough. I'm Ki Reese and I work at Mamma Mia's social squad and I am also hot off the heels of my one first celebrity interview and two premiere, which we're a little bit weary today from, I think. Yes, we are. Right. <laughs> I'm Laura Brodnick, Mamma Mia's entertainment editor. It is a big week of movie premieres, but we'll bring you all the goss from those in our recommendations segment tomorrow. It's all right, I've kind of gone through about eight of my little Nescafe coffee sachets I keep hidden, screwed away at my desk, so I'm going to get through today. But if I sound a little bouncy, that's why. Ah, I love it. Well, on today's show, for the first time in 23 years, it's looking like the Victoria's Secret fashion show is cancelled. But is it actually true? The 2019 Victoria's Secret fashion show may be cancelled. This according to supermodel Shanina Shaik. Jordan Woods has given an intimate interview about Tristan Thompson and the Kardashians. So why are people still calling her the villain? I think that this whole Jordan situation needed to happen. But the biggest topic we need to talk about today is what happened on the 7.30 report last night. So George Columbaris of MasterChef fame was interviewed by Lee Sales about underpaying his staff and also leaving MasterChef. And this was the first question. What were you thinking? What was I thinking? Um, well, what I do know, I, I won't forget that, that afternoon in 2017 when uh, we... We sat there with my, with my new business partners after we had done a full audit of the business and discovered um, the underpayments. It was, uh, uh, it was a moment where I'll never forget. Just to give you a little bit of background, in 2017, after an internal audit that George did with new business partners, they self-reported themselves to the Fair Work Ombudsman, um, saying that they had regrettably underpaid staff by about $2.6 million. On further investigation by Fair Work, they found that they had actually underpaid staff by $7.8 million, and that was across a total of, I think, 524 staff. So while the investigation from the government was still ongoing, George paid his co-workers back in full about two years ago, that year that they had self-reported. But the reason we're now talking about this is because the government investigation is now closed and they fined him $200,000 for what they had done. So I'm going to ask a big question. Knowing all of that information, watching the interview last night, is it time to forgive him? Look, I think the intent behind the interview was certainly to garner public sympathy for him and to get people to forgive him. I mean, I have no doubt that he's feeling a lot of those emotions, you know, shock and sorrow and embarrassment after the week he's had. But I I think it was also a very strategic PR move on his part and on the part of the crisis team who's no doubt working with him because you could very much see – didn't you feel it when you were watching it, you could actually see the moments where – rehearsed lines or statements were going through his head when he kept saying, you know, 
in the past, you make these decisions and you make these decisions and talking about the decisions he made about running his restaurant, paying his staff. So he's very much trying to make it very much like, not like I made these decisions, but we as a human race and we as business owners make mistakes. And then he kept sort of jumping off every moment and saying, but you know, I take full responsibility. Putting that aside for just, you know, for one second, I think the most important thing that I'm thinking right now is the fact that I I want to apologise to all my my team, both past and present, um, for for the effect that I've had on them. Yeah, there was definitely a narrative in there that was being woven into the conversation. Mm. But I love Lee's interview style because she kept going back to those points. So we ended up getting a little bit more clarification. But yeah, the repetitive answering around what had happened in the past. And I think he used the word back end not being sophisticated enough like 10 times um so yeah it really showed that there was a lot of thought yeah there was a lot of PR phrasing peppered throughout there and I mean again we can't say whether this was stage managed or not because I did think there was some genuine emotion there but when Lee sails the moment she actually brings up MasterChef and you kind of see his veneer and stuff because I think he had really prepped for the questions around his business and the money he owes and the audit all those kinds of things but the MasterChef question you actually see his whole body kind of wince it's almost like he breaks character for a moment yeah and then he kind of gets back into it and then there's a lot of emotion his response there um yeah look I, obviously my, my 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 management sent me the details within within minutes of um of them finding out I, you know what it is I'm not upset at anyone or anything you know I'm still contracted to channel 10 and I respect the fact they gave me uh, Gary and Matt, an opp- I don't want to speak for them, but they gave us that opportunity to, to be on a show that's absolutely changed the world. Yeah, well, the question that broke him, I think, was it takes a long time to build a reputation, 25 years in your case, and you can lose it all in a week. What has the toll of that been on you? And he just broke down. Yeah, he really did. And I think... And again, I don't want to say that that's part of the performance, but I think there was a very performative element in that because, I mean, this interview is all about public sympathy and also the idea that he's holding himself to account because I think it's also really interesting that he did his big interview because, I mean, he's given a few comments here and there to press and he's posted on his own Instagram and social media accounts about how much he wanted to stay on MasterChef and that it was a decision above his, you know, kind of a level in his management there. So I think as much as like Lee Sales is a very formidable interviewer and he must have known that she was not going to let him slide on anything, which she didn't in that interview, which was really impressive, that he was going to be really held to account. And I think he was there. All right, the secret's out. A bombshell tonight in the world of lingerie. The 2019 Victoria's Secret Fashion Show may be cancelled. In an interview with the Daily Telegraph this week, model and Victoria's Secret angel Shanina Sheik revealed that this year's show is off the table, saying, Unfortunately, the Victoria's Secret show won't be happening this year. It's something I'm not used to because every year around this time, I'm training like an angel. She went on to say, I'm sure they're trying to work on branding and new ways to do the show because it is the best show in the world. So for those of you who don't know, Victoria's Secret is a staple launch sleepwear, swim, and also beauty brand in the US. And their namesake fashion show has been running for 24 years with the first show taking place in 95. And it continues to create a lot of buzz in pop culture with A-list models like Bella Hadid, Bahati Prinsloo, Gigi Hadid, and Adriana Lima walking in last year's show alongside mega musical acts like 
Sean Mendes and also Halsey. But in recent years, there's been a little bit of backlash against the show and also its model stars that faced a lot of criticism. Is that right? Yeah, look, this brand has taken a really big hit, particularly after last year's show. And I think it's also important to note that the ratings have been declining significantly. I think last year it was down 0.9 in the ratings for the 2018 show, which doesn't seem like a lot, but we're talking about the difference between losing quite, you know, thousands and thousands of people watching the show. Um, also, it took quite a bit of a hit last year, not just because of um, the models' bodies and an idea around the kind of bad body image they were putting out there. But do you remember how after last year's show, um, the chief marketing officer for the head of the parent company that owns Victoria's Secret, Ed Razik, was slammed for saying that transgender and plus size models would not fit in with the fantasy of the brand and therefore they would never be considered because a lot of people came out and said, there's no diversity here. It, you're not speaking to your public. You're not making clothes or you know you're not making underwear or swim or anything like that for people who can actually buy your product and why and that this is a way to fix it and he just came out and said you know the show is a fantasy and we can't have these people he did apologize later but I feel like the damage was really done but it's not a fantasy they're they're real people that are walking in the show exactly well I feel like the fantasy element what was fitting maybe a decade ago like people just wanted to switch on their tvs and see these kind of really beautiful like we were talking today the idea of the silent model like these models would just walk down the runway and they were just you know perfection and no one wanted to know what was happening behind the scenes no one wanted to know that transgender models were being turned away from from fittings no one wanted to know the women were starving themselves but now that we do know the ugliness of it we can't see the beauty yeah definitely and I think also it so it used to be really aspirational to yes. be an angel because it was the only body type that was being pushed to us across all types of media but I think with social media we were then inundated with all sorts of different body types which really made people feel seen and heard and then also I think that's where the criticism has come from because everyone's kind of changing their mind being like well no like if we're going to keep supporting you we need to see that diversity Exactly. And I also think we're getting too, we were getting too much behind the scenes from some of the model. I mean, we've taken away that kind of idea of the silent supermodel, just seeing them on the Victoria's Secret runway. And what a lot of fashion, I guess, people who critique the industry, a lot of insiders and editors have said that the idea of using new it girls who haven't come up through the modeling, who haven't just come up through modeling. So people like Kendall Jenner or Gigi Hadid, they've kind of brought their own personal brands in. So now when you're watching Kendall Jenner walk down the runway, you're not just looking at what she's wearing. You're knowing that there's been a lot of behind the scenes drama, which has been captured on her TV show about, you know, her family sitting in the front row and who was allowed to come and the fights they had and that sort of stuff. So I think it, it takes away from that like you're saying, that aspirational feel. And same with the Hadid sisters. You know, they both walked. And the big headline from Bella walking was that she came face-to-face with her ex-boyfriend on the runway. Like, it's very much becoming reality TV, not this really sleek runway model show that they wanted it to be. So I feel like they've just taken it off the air now. They're not going to televise the show because it's just bad marketing. Do you think they're going to still do the show, but it's just not going to be televised? No. Just, no. I mean, look, they... That show, I mean, as much as the ratings have declined and the PR is really bad and the brand is a little bit damaged from the show, I don't see how they can't do it because it is their big, it's their big marketing iconic push for the year. And people aren't going to be as wanting to purchase the products unless they see them in this big spectacle. So I feel like they'll do something, but I feel like, and I, I think we should also say that, say that Victoria's Secret hasn't actually officially said that they're not doing the show. Internal sources have said they're trying to work out how to rebrand it. So I think it might come back in some form as maybe a smaller event and maybe rebranded, but 
I don't think we're going to see any diversity. I don't think it's show. rocket science to no. see maybe how they could fix it. I, but can, I feel like I could live without a show in my life. Yeah, me too. I don't want to feel bad about myself anymore. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. So, Jordan, do you, like, miss her, like, want to be friends with her? Um, I think that this whole Jordan situation needed to happen. Jordan Woods is probably most well-known for being the now ex-long-term best friend of Kylie Jenner and what some people think is the main reason for why Khloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson ended up splitting up. And in a recent interview of Keeping Up With The Kardashians, we were finally allowed to see the moment where Khloe and her sisters found out that Jordan had kissed Tristan. I talked to Jordan. She, it's really weird. She's not giving me all the information. She was like, she was trying to kiss me and was like, I can't remember if we did or didn't. I'm like, what? But now Jordan's telling her side of the story in an interview with Cosmo, for which she is on the cover. And in the interview, Jordan addresses the kiss and subsequent fallout from social media, the temptation to see what people are saying about her the perpetual fear of being cancelled and the disconnect between what people see online and who you are in real life and also how she's now navigating life without her best friend Kylie Jenner by her side. Laura, what did you think of the interview? Uh, First of all, I thought it was a really smart move on Jordan's part to do this cover story at this time and just a really smart move by Cosmo because obviously the September issue is the biggest issue for every magazine each year and even though she doesn't have quite the star power as the kind of, you know, models and movie stars and singers that often get recycled on these covers. I think an in-depth interview like this has just got there's so much grit there and I think it's what people are really interested in. And why I think it's really smart of Jordan to do this is that the Kardashians themselves and the Jenner family are the masters at the idea of like kind of that step back publicity. So what they do is that they let a drama unfold in real time and they'll post about in their social media accounts. But then what they do really cleverly is they sit back, they look at the impact, they look at the fallout, they look at the people what people are accusing them of they take a little bit of time and they go and film their show and they address all that in a way that looks like it's happening in real time and then air it as a really you know really sleek cut together emotional show so they put the narrative that they want out there but after the fact and I think what she's done is the same thing she's looked at all the criticism she's taken on board and then she's kind of re-spun this narrative in a glossy way after taking a few steps back yeah I still I definitely, I agree. It's quite interesting that you pointed that out and how they obviously cut it and edit it to to kind of match what's being said in the public. But I still think it's a it's really weird because she's still kind of keeping to that script. So following the um, allegations coming out, she went on Jada Pinkett Smith's Red Table, her Facebook um, show, where she said that they just kissed. Now, so since then, obviously, it's still allegedly, we still have to say that because it hasn't been confirmed. But there are a lot of things pointing to that perhaps it wasn't just a kiss, that it was a, a longer kind of cheating scandal that went on. So it's interesting that she's still standing by that in this tell-all interview. Yeah, exactly. And look, she doesn't really give too much information um, in this new Cosmo interview. She doesn't give a huge amount of that new information about the affair and I think the writer is trying very hard to very much not paint her as the victim but kind of give us a different 
look at this young woman who's had her life turned apart. So she starts off the interview by noting that um, her mum, Elizabeth Jordan's mum, is just kind of hovering around while they're having this conversation in the lobby of a hotel room. And that kind of hit me. It puts a really good kind of thought in your head for the rest of the interview and sets it up that this girl is only 21. She's still really young and she's still, you know, her father's passed away and now her whole support network, which was the Kardashian family and the Jenner family, their immense amount of money, have all been taken away from her. So she just has her mother there. Paints a very lonely picture. It does and kind of makes her seem very young, which she is. Um, And then she goes on to say that there's so much that's happened in my life since that moment that I feel like I'm so old. And then she really gets into the mechanic. I mean, she talks a bit about her career and the fallout of what happened and said that people, you know, attacked everything from her body to her face to her family to her her, her race and everything about her. And then she went on to kind of address... um, what happened that night and she says that straight after the kiss so she does say it happened which she said to Jada so that's not really new information yeah she said I don't know how to feel I was like that didn't just happen I told him I need to go I was leaving already so I walked out immediately I got in the car and I was in shock and then she talked about just discussing the issue with her family so I think she's really trying to paint this picture whether or not that's we'll we'll actually never know what happened in that house between the two of them that night I know we have different feels (laughs) about what potentially happened but I feel like she's just really trying to paint herself as this young woman who got caught up in a situation out of her control and is now still attempting to build a business off it. Yeah, I think the one takeaway that she wanted for us as the readers to take away from this was let's be better humans and learn from our mistakes. So that's definitely not going to happen. I think it's time to wrap up the show, Laura Brodnick. What do you think? Yeah, I think I'm done preaching for the day. <laughs> if you're after something else to listen to, I can suggest that the Thursday episode of The Quickie where they're talking about swimmers and drug testing, Libby Trickett, ex-Olympian, joins the team and it's really fascinating to listen about the ins and outs and also the fact that the governing body is called WADA. I don't know. I thought that was <laughs> hilarious. Anyway, this episode of The Spill was produced by Eliza Ratliff and Rachel Hart. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au.